Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, episode 16, where today we'll be covering femininity. Recently, we did an episode on masculinity, and while it could be perceived as controversial, I think a lot of the feedback we've gotten, both from our audience and members of our community who've approached us about the episode, has been overwhelmingly good, and I think it sparked a important dialogue. And so today we're going to address the flip side of that, which is femininity. Um, with that being said, I'm your co-host, Ren. And I'm your co-host, Mateo. But before we begin our actual episode, with us recently graduating high school and moving on with our respective lives, we've got a few announcements to make, some summer plans mm-hmm. to outline, and I'll let you introduce that first, and then I'll sure. go over my plans. Sure. Well, you know, we graduated, um, we graduate at least this, this in about a week, we're out of school now, which is crazy because it seemed like just yesterday we were walking into high school for the first time, and now it's over, so time really just went by quick, but for the summer... Um, there's definitely we definitely both have a lot that we have planned out and that we would like to do so i think personally for me one thing um outside of the podcast that i'll do is probably start my own uh youtube channel or potentially my own podcast just more about not necessarily that stoicism based um but that is more applicable to what people might understand is just like basic self-help or basic self-improvement um, just kind of start getting more content out there, producing mass content, and uploading it almost daily um, to start getting my name out there and getting getting exposure uh, from people around the, the country and around the world to kind of start off building my credibility so that hopefully I can also start developing a software company this summer with one of my friends. Um, just kind of jumpstart that, get the website going. I mean, AI is something very new that we found in high school this past year, and I think that's going to be extremely beneficial to both of what we're trying both of our businesses or whatever we try to do in the future um and then along with that just like working i'll be doing a lot of blue collar work this summer it pays pretty well and then potentially uh i know you're doing something quite similar but i'm gonna apply and maybe do door-to-door sales and contracting for roof companies we recently experienced a pretty bad hail storm and so that's pretty high in demand right now Uh, But overall, it's just going to be a lot of self-improvement this summer, a lot of reading, um, improving physical health, you know, lifting, eating well, getting outside. And ultimately, it's going to be a lot of work, but enjoying the last summer as a kid before we go off into getting a taste of the real world. So after this summer, I'll be heading off to L.A. um, by the beach. I'll be at Loyola Marymount University studying business management leadership and then Uh, an emphasis in entrepreneurship as well just to kind of get a good foundation for starting a business I'm sure probably start a few in college hopefully but that's enough about me I think you have some big stuff coming up for you as well that you've talked to me about um a lot of my plans mirror yours um I'm going to be starting my own personal podcast it's still going to be stoic based still needs a name but I plan on starting that in the next week or two and what it's going to be is, um, with the Gen Z Stoic, what we've done is we do like overarching things that are big topic issues, and we spend 40 minutes. Um, my personal podcast is going to be a little different. It's just going to be guided readings through Stoic, stoic um, passages, whether it's Seneca, whether it's Epictetus, whether it's Aurelius, whether it's some modern Stoics. Um, and those are going to be you know, 15-minute episodes where we go through the reading and take my takeaways from it. But I'm also going to be incorporating politics. Um, people who know me well know that I'm very into politics, um, going through speech and debate, very, I would say, well-versed in the news and politics in America today. And so there's a lot of political opinions that don't really relate to stoicism that I haven't been able to express on this podcast. And so my personal podcast is just an outlet um, 
to further the stoic lens that I've really put sure. on my life as well as, you know, broaden out to, you know, politics and things like that, other things that I'm passionate about. And I know you certainly have political opinions, but I, I want to get in politics down the road. Mm-hmm. And so I think much to the same line of, you know, being credible and getting exposure, I'm, I'm really there for the political aspect for it. And that's what the focus is going to be. And like you said, I'm also going to be working a lot. Um, I got recently got a job in door-to-door sales and roofing contracting. So if you need a new roof, um, contact me. That'll be the only yep. time I say that or plug mm-hmm. the job whatsoever, but I'm doing that. Um, I want to find a second job. I think, to me, providing structure through work is a big thing this summer. You For know, sure. money's nice, but I also enjoy the structure of it and the fact that I'm helping people, helping the company, um, especially with the company I'm working for, roofing-wise being a local one, um, very down-to-earth, very good people there. I won't actually mention the name because I would, feel mm-hmm. like I would feel guilty about that on the podcast. Um, but we'll be doing that. Um, a lot of lifestyle stuff, a lot of gym work. Um, I got a lot of big goals set around there. And I think ultimately I've set myself up that I'll be able to successfully manage um, the Gen Z Stoic. I think it's important to manage we and say that we have all these plans, but we're also going to be still doing the Gen Z mm-hmm. Stoic. We're going to do it as we go to yep. college. Um, it's not going away. Nope. We just have other <clears throat> avenues that we're going to pursue as well. And I think Certainly. that our schedule allows us to do so and pursue each pursuit 110 percent i think you're totally right effort and even though we have you know different paths they're still very similar and we're both very goal oriented as well um but we've also kind of adjusted and switched over to the mindset of the process now because understanding that it is a process and that good things take a lot of time we understand that putting in the work i mean it's you can't fake results so you really have to put keep your head down and just grind for even years at a time well and we just want to build the habits um to go forward in college and be successful and and, you know podcasting is is a skill but i feel like there's a lot of things about this podcast that aren't necessarily going to translate to college and be those things Mm -hmm. that are important in college and i think that these working experiences you building your own software company and me looking at um designing an ai based um straw detection technology that um looks at if drinks Mm -hmm. are spiked that's pursuit that I've um, been looking at, I remember looking talking at about it. Mm-hmm. investing and I think these company buildings, this entrepreneurship, this working hard and having goals that are both, you know, money oriented, work oriented, but also discipline oriented like the gym, mm-hmm. I think is going to set up set us up well. Certainly. I personally, I know you're going to LA, you're going to Loyola. I still don't know where I'm going. I haven't heard back from Cornell yet, but wherever we go, the Gen Z Stokes is going to continue and no matter what we do, <clears throat> this is going to literally be our child. Yeah, like this, is this, is, this was passion. the start. This was, so, yeah. This is not going away anytime soon, but we just wanted to let our listeners into what our summer mm-hmm. plans are, um, us being devoted to the podcast, but also some other avenues that um, we just want to promote briefly. Sure. I think we're probably not going to push these, um, you know, your YouTube channel or my podcast too much. And we're just going to keep it focused on those. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be an Stoic. external thing for sure. But just to mention it once, and with that being said, I believe that we can get in today's episode. Yeah. Mark our words, we will be immensely successful I'd, I'd like to say and I don't say that out of you know complacency or arrogance but I truly think you know we're putting in now the work that we're putting in and the the things that we're setting up I truly think that we're going to be well and I don't think it's um I think a lot of those habits have been built through stoicism if not most of them certainly and stoic habits and I think that that's 
or again, why we originally did the podcast and why we're going to continue to do it is that as these habits have built us up yep. and we continue to improve ourselves and work on ourselves to get to a path of success, we want to take people with us. You know, um, we've always preached about how, you know, success is enjoyable, but it's more enjoyable when you have people like your brothers, your sisters, like you have people at the top with you. Mm -hmm. And I think our audience is that. And that's what we're always going to do. We're going to continue to lay the groundwork for our audience in terms of stoicism, in terms of habits. And we're also going to utilize those in other pursuits as we go on in life. And so I think there's no shame in that. And on that note, um, we will be diving in now to the main topic of discussion today, which is femininity. This was actually sparked by a um, response that we had on one of our polls on episode on our last episode about what they what people wanted to see, and you know a common theme that we saw was that um, we talked about masculinity and people want to hear what we have to say about femininity, and they've acknowledged that we're men, uh, we aren't women by any means, and so but it's still okay for us to have our own opinion, and I think people want to hear it. Yeah, and I think. Um it's important to, to always realize that, like, no matter who you are, or what you are, you can have an opinion on something, and you right. should be able to freely express it. You know, people may not like your opinion, people may right. not agree with it, but um, we really live in a society where freedom of expression, freedom of thought, should prevail. And so, um, I believe that our audience is good, and that we didn't mm-hmm. receive really any pushback, and we won't no. receive any pushback for talking about femininity. But it is important that if we're going to talk about masculinity, um, obviously going to appeal more to the males in our audience we should address femininity right and um our episode on masculinity was 40 minutes so we cannot fit femininity into it and so that's what we're going to discuss today specifically and i think the answer is pretty simple in terms of you know we made a stoic argument for traditionally masculine men so we make a stoic argument for traditionally feminine Feminine women. women and again there's the definition of traditional femininity or traditional generals that have truth, truthfully, that have oppressed women and have set women back. But that's not what we're arguing for. Mm-hmm. Much like we said that traditional masculinity is providing physical security, prioritizing a relationship, a family, not giving in to your impulses, not being emotional. The flip side is true for women. Emotional security, mm-hmm. loyalty, right? Um, being that caretaker for the family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that responsibility falls on both parties but traditionally women are more compassionate more caring more emotionally intelligent and that is their strength and so i think when you say you know traditional femininity we're arguing for traditional femininity we're arguing that women should just um they already have those existing traits in general on average um and they should play to them and i think that creates more healthy relationships i think again i don't want to i don't want to speak for you but i think one of our main problems with the kind of feminine and masculine dynamic right now is especially with femininity. Um, the difference between like high value and low value mm-hmm. and a lot of people, because of those traditional generals, because of, you know, women should stay home, women should stay in the kitchen, mm-hmm. have gone the complete opposite direction in terms of pushing back and being um, independent women, which I mm-hmm. say with independent with air quotes and, you know, sleeping around or, mm-hmm. you know, contributing to that 55% divorce rate or things of that nature, mm-hmm. where we've gone to the other extreme. We don't want women to stay home. That's not what we mean when we say traditional femininity. That's not what we mean when we say tr- gender roles. Mm-hmm. But we also don't want women who are, you know, going to the club, prioritizing, you know, sleeping around, prioritizing OnlyFans, you know, right. Instagram modeling, those kind of things, like um, utilizing 
whether it be their looks or you know their compassion or their personality whatever greatness is about mm -hmm. a woman utilizing that for you know likes or depravity rather mm -hmm. than um, to be cherished by somebody special and I think that's where we've kind of strayed away from traditional femininity and so that's going to be the centerpiece mm -hmm. um, of our argument for traditional femininity well and that's that's what you're talking about is and we talked about that with masculinity as well it's it's putting purpose over pleasure and that looks different for both men and women you were saying like we don't want like for men in the previous episode you're we saying like it doesn't make sense to just go out and sleep around I mean they're very similar I, I, uh, ideologies for both men and women but they just look different because whether you know you want to really admit it or not men and women are different but that doesn't mean they're any um, not equal mm -hmm. you know they, they are both absolutely equal in what you deserve and what they can provide and but they just do it in different ways because biologically and scientifically we operate differently you know what like you said I don't think it's an understatement at all to say that women are more in um, emotionally intelligent than men are because women tend again this is backed by science we I learned this in my psychology class and all these classes that the way that women think tends to be more emotional and that's why they're able to understand how they're feeling um, and if you've like looked at the like uh, a diagram I guess of what a woman's brain is like it's like spaghetti they can think all about all these things at once but the way that a, a man's brain it's like a waffle it's divided into these sections we can only really only focus on one thing so We've proven that we we think differently, and I think that it's important to note that on both sides, we're arguing for both sides to kind of tap into their, I guess, traditional gender roles, but that doesn't mean that you are restricted in what you do for your family. You know, you have single mothers, right? I, I think that's a much more common than single fathers in our society, mm -hmm. and so you need a mom who not only is emotionally intelligent, but can think about separate things at one time and do these things. So we're not arguing that women are inferior to men by any means or that men are superior to women or vice versa. It's really that we're trying to emphasize that with traditional masculinity and femininity, you can't have a thriving society without one or the other. You need both to have, in what our opinion is the most efficient society, the one that works the best, that operates smoothly. And so... When we were talking about in our one of our previous episodes about masculinity, how women provide emotional security to men, I think that the reason that men need women a lot is so they can help us tap into our emotional side. Because like we were talking about with what traditional masculinity is, it's you kind of ignore the emotions and you do what you have to do. And that doesn't mean that you can't feel sad or you can't be angry, but it's knowing how to control it. So when you have a traditional... Fem, uh, traditionally feminine woman who is in emotionally intelligent and you have that healthy dynamic between a man and a woman then that's where you get men who are state more stable emotionally and who can understand their emotions better with the help of a woman because I truly believe without um, like like we said a high value woman I'll put that in air quotes we wouldn't be able to really understand our emotions as well as we could unless we had them right and I think it goes to the point that um, when we talk about like the value of traditional femininity and the value of traditional masculinity, right? Men cannot be successful in life in large part without a woman by their side. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it has to be a wife, per se. It doesn't mean, you know, that's what we're arguing for. But it, it means, you know, at a certain point in their life, whether it's their mother or a matriarchal, f matriarchal figure, they ha there has to be a strong woman in their life. They have that woman who's able to portray... Um, what is 
that matriarch view of, you know, caretaking and nurturing and ultimately pushing you to become a better person. And that looks different, whether it's, you know, a mother early on or whether it's a wife. And it's great when it's both. But we strayed away from that as a society. Um, one of the things that is important on both sides is a characteristic of both um, traditional masculinity and traditional femininity. And so what I would say is the traditional human genome of traits is loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I think we've really, we have really strayed away from loyalty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not only reflected by high divorce rates, but just going throughout society and looking at people who are loyal to each other mm-hmm. and who have each other's backs 100% <coughs> of the time. Oftentimes now in society, we have become a me first society. Mm-hmm. And you put the needs of yourself before the needs of others, and that's portrayed as you being selfish and not being loyal. Ultimately, part of being loyal is sacrificing yourself at times, not all the time, mm-hmm. but sometimes sacrificing yourself so that you can build, mm-hmm. whether in this situation we're talking about your partner, build your partner up, you know, build your friend mm-hmm. up, build your family up, whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, unhealthy <coughs> relationships are going to be you either sacrifice none of the time or you sacrifice all of the time. Right, where it's... Imbalanced. Imbalanced. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's important that we talk about balance with everything, whether it's balance of sacrifice, balance in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so the balance of traditional masculinity and traditional femininity is that women should pr- provide that emotional security. They should, um, at times when men are not able to feel their emotions, not able to regulate mm-hmm. functionally, um, aren't able to show that kind of compassionate side and let that guard down, they break that wall down so mm-hmm. that the men can be compassionate Certainly. and provide those types of things. And so... Um, I think that it's been portrayed as you know women being subservient mm-hmm. to men, but ultimately it's men and women being equal and building each other up. Right? Exactly. Um, men providing that sense of security so women can feel safe and can go mm-hmm. out in society and do what do whatever they want. Right. Right. Um, feel free to walk the street at night. If we had mm-hmm. a society full of masculine men who were not insecure, then take advantage of women mm-hmm. and were protected. Right. Um, <clears throat> And in the same vein, women provide that kind of nurturing value, that emotional value, that mm-hmm. um, kind of, for lack of a better term, that like homeliness in terms of, you know, sure. nurture, nurturing. And in turn, men can become more emotional. We see, you know, men be less anxious, less depressed, because they're able to actually talk about their emotions in a healthy setting. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, it's important to mention that because one of the um, main things that we heard or I don't know about you, but I heard in pushback to our masculinity episode is that um, I personally said toxic masculinity doesn't exist. And people push back that toxic masculinity takes the form of, you know, high suicide rates. And I think Hmm. in the terms that men are encouraged not to talk about Hmm. things, which I would push back and say, you know, traditional masculinity, there's nothing in traditional masculinity that says that going to therapy is bad. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in traditional masculinity that says that, you know, talking about your emotions Anytime is mm-hmm. bad. Traditional masculinity is when you're in public, when you're serving, when you're doing your job, mm-hmm. when you're providing for a community, providing for a company, mm-hmm. providing for your family, it's not an appropriate time to show emotion. That's yeah. what traditional masculinity is. Because you is, have a duty to fulfill. Is when is appropriate time to show emotion and when is a not appropriate time mm-hmm. to show emotion. And I think women are part of that solution. If you have a strong woman by you, you can take your emotions home with you and mm-hmm. talk with your partner about them. Exactly. But we don't have that anymore. Because men in large part, or not in large part, but men at times can feel that women have lost that sense of femininity and so are going to take advantage of their emotions. I think, I think saying in large part isn't necessarily an overstatement, but I also think it's because we've lost our masculinity as well. 
you know, and you were you were saying like having being able to go home and talk to a woman about how you're feeling. Well, that's exactly what we touched about or touched on in our last episode in the masculinity episode was prioritizing family. You know, for a masculine man, what traditional masculinity is? It's prioritizing family and prioritizing uh, a sense of security, providing that security for your family. Well, for a woman, it should be the same way, prioritizing your family. And so you understand that you need to prioritize emotionally supporting your husband or, you know, whatever, if you're dating or your boyfriend, whatever, your fiance. But the man in the relationship, you need to emotionally support him. And we talked about this at school because we were actually asked to kind of elaborate on our episode about masculinity in front of a speech and debate class. And I, I, I said this, and I want to say it on here that too often we're looking at this like it's an issue like it's men versus women but it's supposed to be men and women versus the problem because you can't have a society without both i can't emphasize that enough you need emotionally you need traditional in my opinion traditionally masculine men and traditionally feminine women to have a functioning society and so when you're prioritizing family for men that would look like you know staying staying home and spending time or um you know protecting providing physical security and protecting his wife and his children and for you know women it's being at home and providing emotional security for the man when that's your first priority then you're going to see divorce rates drop you know and you can walk around America today and we we've see, we see all kinds of i guess you could even say careers that sort of take away from the traditional family dynamic i mean i'm going to this is kind of it's very related and it's kind of, I guess, it's very bold to kind of say this on our podcast, but careers like OnlyFans or in the porn industry, right? I mean, it's like, okay, well, it's a way to make money, but that's the kind of the problem with our society now is that money it has overcome and been become superior to morals and a sense of ethics, right? And I think it's important to point out I, th- I truthfully think that the problem with, like, the porn industry and with OnlyFans doesn't lie with the people who decide to do it, because I get it. Like, it's a good way to make money. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, is that it's a good way to make money. Exactly. Because our society has been become so corrupted morally, so corrupted in terms of, you know, prioritizing just simply looks, mm-hmm. simply the sexual aspect of right. both genders, that we will buy into OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. We will buy into the porn industry at such large rates that they become lucrative careers. Right. Like, women in the porn industry despite the fact that they are mistreated, we covered this in the porn episode, um, they make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, they are set for life. Same mm-hmm. thing with OnlyFans. You see p- these famous people who do OnlyFans make mm-hmm. millions of dollars. Like, they make hundreds of thousands per month. Oh, yeah. And it's no, a it's sad a statement. And, you know, truthfully, like, a lot of us, when we, if we were in that position, if we looked like that, if we had the fan base, we would do the same thing. And that's the problem is that it's encouraged because we buy into it. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, shows the emphasis that is needed for this problem mm-hmm. and right. why it's currently a problem. Because if we had, you know, instead of women and men who just look at, like, the sexual aspects of each other, who look at the looks, who look at, you know, that, instant, on the gratif- outside. And that instant gratification part. And s- instead, if they, you know, returned back to these traditional times where you looked at, you know, is this a person I could see myself dating? Is this a person I could see myself spending the rest of my life with? Mm-hmm. You develop more sustainable relationships more healthy mm-hmm. relationships and you develop a more functional society because mm-hmm. instead of just looking for that short-term satisfaction with each other we're in it for the long haul 
And when we're in it for the long haul, we're more unified, which is something mm-hmm. our country needs. Well, that, then it becomes more meaningful, and then you become it becomes a relationship that's so much deeper than just what it looks like on the surface. You have this connection with an individual that you can't you could learn all the languages but you would never be able to find the words to describe how it feels and we've lost that you know we we totally have lost that today and like you were saying these these jobs that sort of take away our our sense of intimacy or our sense of like self-respect have become incentivized because of how much money you can make and in our society you can't live without money like money is almost the first priority you people choose um, to t- take time for work and spend time away from their family just so they can make money, so they can provide. And that's really sad. And, you know, that's definitely a product, but also that kind of creates the illusion, like with these those careers that we were talking about, that it, it's empowering. And I'll put that in air quotes, that it's an empowering, it makes you an empowered person. But if you look at it from a stoic perspective or a traditional perspective, there's nothing empowering about giving yourself away for for money you are no amount of money could ever uh cover what a person is worth because our lives can't be bought you you, that's not something you can buy you can't buy health you can't buy extra time on your life that's something that you just don't get back so that's kind of also what a problem is is and we have this twisted view of what empowerment looks like in our society and that's not uh women or men's fault that's just the way that society has progressed and um that's the problem now I think that if we start to value who we are as people and understand that if everybody has access to us and that side of us that's supposed to be intimate and supposed to be protected, then we aren't special. This goes for a man and a woman, both men and women. If you have someone putting themselves out on the internet for people to you know, buy pictures of you or something like that and everybody has access, then you've totally lost your, your a sense of individual um, worth worth, and, and your righteousness as a human being because you're just giving yourself away for this imaginary dollar. So the whole, the whole idea behind this argument about femininity and masculinity for that matter is you have to value who you are and who, what you bring to the table because it seems like we can set a price on everything nowadays because money is a set value for things. But that, that's the illusion is we, we think that we can buy you know, internal parts of ourselves back or that any, some sort of amount of money is going to give us fulfillment, but it's not. So traditionally feminine women, they, they're modest, you know, you, you look, you look back, you can, you can talk about biblical women if you want to get religious about it. You can even just look in history and women are uh, projected as being modest, right? That's what a traditionally feminine woman looks like because they understood that if you're modest and you, you devote yourself to your husband, then that's where a healthy dynamic, and that can kind of get twisted as well because you're like, oh, devoting and submitting to mm-hmm. your husband, right? And that's kind of where the stigma around toxic masculinity or what a bad relationship is. And it certainly can turn out that way when you have people who get into positions of power and abuse it. You know, we talked about in our masculinity episode, Andrew Tate, right? He certainly has good messages about certain things, but his view on women is completely twisted. And he's gotten into this position of power that has allowed him to voice that and for him to be completely influential on people. So what we're trying to say is from and completely, I mean, we're biased, but we're not in a position of power. So we're saying this with respect to both sides because we understand that men and women are 100% equal. They are different, but they are equal. There's, there's, a, there's a fine line between a, the separating two people, uh, two groups of people by their differences Versus what they're worth, because we're all ultimately worth the same. 
Well, and I'll I'll start with kind of what you said at the beginning in terms of like that loyalty aspect. Uh, Epictetus has a quote um, where he says that if a person gave your body away to some passerby, mm-hmm. you'd be furious, yet you hand over yours to anyone who comes along so they may abuse you, leaving it disturbed and troubled. Have you no shame in that? And I think, you know, it's not really a fair comparison, but if you take the images on OnlyFans and they're of you and you're selling them, you're okay with that. But if someone took the same thing and then sold them, you're not. You're not okay with that. And it's an unfair comparison, but it's still a worthy one because if somebody else was doing that, it would be offensive. It would, you know, demean you. But you're doing it to yourself. And that's what's happening in our current society. And so I think the pushback that you might get in terms of saying, you know, oh, women should be loyal, you know, women should be devoted, is that we're saying that but not expecting that of men. And I think that's one of the problems that Andrew Tate has is that, and some of these influencers around masculinity have, is that, you know, the expectation that men can have four girlfriends, men can have multiple wives, Mm -hmm. but all of those wives should be universally devoted to that person, should be Right, loyal, and that to men a can team. cheat, but women can't. Exactly, that's, right. and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Men need to provide that same sense of loyalty. It just again looks different. It looks right. different for both. Mm-hmm. It's it's an equal set of expectations, but the traits are different for both sides. Right. The values that you embody are different for both sides, but there's equal responsibility, and it just looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, men need to be just as loyal as women do. Men need to be just as devoted as women do. But again, women being devoted looks more nurturing, looks more mm-hmm. caretaking, looks more compassionate because that's how they traditionally and generally still are. Men is physical security. It's that mm-hmm. sense of a home, right? of safety, of um, physical provision. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're traditionally and generally stronger physically. Right. And that's, that's a big part of it is we have to at least acknowledge the differences because now we want to say, oh, well, women are just as strong as men. Well, saying that, What do you mean? Because I think emotionally women are stronger than men, but I think physically men are stronger than women. I mean, I don't think, I know biologically the strongest man will always be stronger than the strongest woman. That's science. And I'm sorry if that makes anybody upset, but that's the truth, right? I mean, we know this. But I think emotionally you can't really prove that anyway. But I think it's safe to say that, like, again, women are more in touch with their emotions than men are. And that is exactly why you need both. 100% why you need both. And we were saying, you actually brought this up to me in your speech and debate class, or about your speech and debate class, when you were arguing for for feminism and, you know, the traditional feminine person. Not arguing for feminism, but it was that topic of discussion. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that you were talking about, and you were like, the way, uh, a great way to help women is by starting with the men. Because the impact that men have on women and vice versa it's completely, uh, it completely dictates what the opposite sex does, right? And you were saying, if you want to protect women, then you have to start teaching men sto- how to live stoic and how to be stoic and how to control their impulses because that's the biggest problem, at least in America, that we have is there's this sort of idea that you know women can't walk home alone at night, and that's completely true. Like generally, it is more yeah, unsafe no, for a woman to walk home alone at night than for a man because in America, men are pigs. I'm, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it at all. We have high levels of crime in America because men are impulsive and they're, and, and and they're violent. violence against women. Yeah. Exactly. And this is, like we were saying, if you want to help women be empowered, then you have to keep, you have to start with the men and teach men that this isn't right. And the same thing for men. If you want to teach men about emotions, 
well, you need to talk to women because they understand it better than we do. If you want, I think like if, if a woman came to me and was giving me emotional advice, it would be much more meaningful because they understand it much better than we do. And I think it's also important out that we ended our episode talking about how like we need a generalized set of idols and people to look up to and we need those role models so that we can follow in our each individual way. And the, what you just said is true in that regard, right? For men to start, you know, valuing women more, we need to have those women role models. For mm-hmm. women to start valuing men more, we need those male role models. And instead what we get are these role models that both sides can pick apart. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a men versus women issue is because we have, you know, oh, angry, woke feminists who men look at and are like, that's disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. why would I value women? And we have Andrew Tate who women look at and are like, oh, that's disgusting. You agree with him? Like, he hates women. Like, Right. You have extremists no on both sides. You, but that's what's pushed to us. Exactly. And so I think that's why it's so important to have this discussion and why I was amazed by the turnout in response to our masculinity video is, like, people are so eager to have a discussion on this, and yet you think it's going to be uncivil and it's going to be bad and it's going to, you know, you're going to get canceled. Because that's what but the at the end of the day, pushed. like, we generally, as a population, agree that men aren't... Ge- in general, are physically stronger. We generally agree, as a population, that women, in general, are emotionally stronger than men. Mm-hmm. If we can agree on those things, then the equation becomes clear. Right. That men and women <clears throat> are at their strongest when they are together, and they prioritize both of those strengths. It seems like a very simple solution, doesn't it? Right. And it, and it truly is. But getting there is the hardest part because of how, how much our society has changed. I mean, we're at a point where, in our society, I mean there are people who can't define what a woman is anymore. And that's sort of a different argument, but that is part of the problem is because now, you know, I don't want to get too much into it or say anything, but I just find it interesting that we can't define. I mean, I've seen videos all over the, the internet, whatever, like what is a woman? Well, what you don't, you can't, and people can't answer, but I think it's pretty, if you look at the science and you say biologically, this is what a woman is and this is what a man is. That that's also where it's become an issue because it's like, well, okay, well, what makes someone feminine or what makes someone masculine? And you have, you know, it's different forms of expression. And so then it becomes a much more complicated issue. But that's kind of where we're trying to approach it from a traditional perspective and point of view is because when you have this traditional gender roles, the thing about gender roles is that they can seem restrictive. And especially, you know, throughout history, they've been restrictive because the the wrong people fall into positions of power and abuse it. But what we're trying to say is gender roles are necessary because they provide structure. But you need to under you need to find a way to have a sense of structure without it being restrictive. That kind of goes back to our episode on labels. Labels provide structure and they allow you to kind of identify groups or um, specific organizations or people, whatever. But they can be restrictive because if you ha- if something bad happens under a label, then you kind of start to see this negative stigma around that label with a, without giving it the ability to kind of be flexible and grow and be something else. So the idea that we're, I guess we're trying to convey in a healthy way is that, like you were saying, the media has certainly pushed that it's a far yes or far no answer, that it's an extremist way, but it really shouldn't be. We can sit down and have a civil conversation. People want to talk about this stuff, but it's very hard to voice your opinion on these things when it seems like you're going to get criticism and backlash all the time. And so I don't think you should. Um, personally, I don't think that you know Andrew Tate's correct at all, and I'm 
more for a traditionally masculine men. And I know he pushes for that as well. But with the things that he says about women, we do not agree with at all. We are very, we, we acknowledge that women and men are equal. They're different, but equal. That's, that's really the simplest way to put it. We have to use our differences and apply our strengths because we each have different strengths and then use those together to create a society that's going to be moving forward. Certainly feels like we've regressed as a society a little bit um, in that aspect anyway and other aspects as well. But I think leveraging your strengths and acknowledging what you are good and not good at because you can't be good at everything. Mm -hmm. It seems like a lot of people are like they want to be good at everything or they want to be good at one thing. And in my opinion, we are all born with talent, some people more than others. And you have to use what you were given at birth. You have, you have to leverage the strengths that you have to make an impact. That's the only thing you can do. And you can learn new skills. It's not saying, oh, you're only good at this. You're only good at that. But we all have things that specifically we are better at than other people because that's what we're good at. You know, you're an amazing speaker. You have an advantage over other people in speaking because, I mean, you've practiced, but you just have this natural ability to convey and articulate words and ideas and express them out to other people, right? I think I have, I'm pretty talented in the area of like video editing or content creation, right? And so we have these skills. And that the reason I'm saying this is because it's very applicable to men and women. Men have a skill set and women have skill sets. And when you identify what those strengths are and push them together instead of saying, well, why can't I be them? Or why can't I have what they have? Use what you have. And for men and women, it'll look different. But if you use what you have and acknowledge your differences, but acknowledge also the fact that you are equal, and that's also what we need as a society too, is to show more empathy towards both men and women. You know, it's it's men are degraded, women are degraded, and that's why it's very hard to feel like we're equal sometimes. And I think that's on both sides. But if you if we start kind of creating this new narrative in our society that men and women are completely equal, they are different but they are equal and we need both to have a functioning society. Then we'll start to get somewhere with this issue. And I think as we wrap up, I will um, kind of give those kind of traits, femininity, sum up that, and then sum up again what the impact of this is, why we need to be discussing this. Um, so femininity, you, you summed it up very well. Um, we need to acknowledge that um, traditionally feminine women are equal to their traditionally masculine mm -hmm. men. But they bring different things to the table, and um, these women need to complement men the same way that men need to complement women. And what that looks like is being emotionally intelligent, being compassionate, being more of a caretaker, being that person who, you know, you can go out and work. That's You can be the breadwinner in the household, mm -hmm. but when you come home... How you compliment a traditionally masculine man mm -hmm. is you unlock that man's emotions. You unlock the sense of, you know, this is a home. This is like a kind, compassionate environment. You are, you are the key to that equation mm -hmm. when you come home and in the household. And whether it's with children, without children, there's that nurturing aspect. And that's in the same vein that men provide a physical sense of security. They are the mm -hmm. key to physical security and to a sense of safety mm -hmm. and a sense of physical provision. When right. you get home. And it's not to say that, you know, women can't provide physical security or that men can't provide any emotional intelligence at all, but it's kind of understanding what our strengths are, right? I mean, men are typically stronger, so it makes sense that, you know, they would be the first kind of responder to a physical security need. Um, but you, you had a point that was about um, coming home, and it's not, and I think that's very 
important to reemphasize is that tra- just just if you classify yourself as a traditionally feminine woman, that doesn't mean you can't go out and work or have your own goals or anything. It's that's the kind of the wrong idea that's been pushed. Is like, oh well, if you're a traditionally feminine woman, you have to stay at home. No, that's not what we're saying. But when you get home and you are with your family. It's providing those the traditionally feminine traits or traditionally masculine traits if you're a man. In our lives, I mean, we have so much freedom. That's kind of the beauty of America is we have the ability to do what we want. And so if if your wife, if you're a woman and you want to go work, but you're like, oh, but that's not what a traditionally feminine woman does. No, go work. Like, do what you want. You know, if you truly enjoy, my mom's a scientist and she loves it. I, I mean, I encourage her all, like, I would encourage any woman to do the same, to do what interests them. So don't let the idea of being traditionally feminine kind of restrict you from doing what you want. But I think the idea around traditionalism is with the family aspect. It's the family dynamic that we really push for. That's what we talked about in the masculinity episode was the benefits for the family. And it's what we talked about today about femininity. It's about family. It's about what you prioritize. It's about, you know, prioritizing that devotion, right? Mm -hmm. You can go out and work, but you can do that in the same way you can be devoted. Like you can go out and work and be devoted when you get home. Exactly. The same way the man can do it, but it looks different, which is what we've pushed the entire time. And I think um, the the importance of this is that you brought up, we can't define what women are anymore. I bring up, you know, high divorce rates. Like we mm-hmm. have unhealthy relationships. We've gotten to a point where like we have normalized non-monogamous relationships. Like, Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, you have a boyfriend, but you sleep with two other guys. Like, that's okay. That's normal. Like, we've right. strayed so far away that we don't know what a healthy relationship is because it is not prioritized anymore within society. And when it's not prioritized, we don't see it normalized. We don't see examples of healthy couples. You get lucky if you have a stable home with a mom and a dad who have a healthy relationship. But that's something you just fall into because it's not pushed. It's mm-hmm. not prioritized. It's not normalized. It's not exposed in the same way because um um in the media we're pushed as women versus men we get sensationalist news where they want to break these shocking stories if you know this woman's dating seven guys or this guy has multiple wives or a multitude of these stories you see so many and i won't even hesitate to call them horrific stories Mm -hmm. like horrific stories of us straying so far away from what a traditionally healthy relationship is were there problems when there was traditional gender roles, when we had these mm-hmm. traditional masculine men, traditionally feminine women? Yes. We acknowledge these problems fully. Fully. However, society, I would argue, was better during those times. And that's not to say that, you know, we should go back to that and women should stay in the home. But we need an idea to return to. We mm-hmm. need an idea of normalcy to return to. And that's what traditionalism provides. Um, we ended masculinity, the masculinity episode the same way. But... We've blurred the line so much of what is a woman, what is a relationship, what should we prioritize, what should men and women look like, that people do not have any idea anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're searching, and they find these unhealthy things. They find you know, OnlyFans. They find so many things that our society provides them that are instant gratification, that do not provide meaning. Mm-hmm. And we provide a non-functional society. So how do we return to that? Our argument, as Stoics, is traditionalism. Because we prioritize the right things. We prioritize mm-hmm. meaning. We prioritize family. We prioritize mm-hmm. devotion. And it looks different for men and women. And that's why there is traditional masculinity. So that men can look this can look the same way and body the same traits that go towards this devotion, this loyalty, this prioritization. 
and we have traditional femininity. So feminine women can embody mm-hmm. those traits and go towards devotion, go towards loyalty, go towards mm-hmm. prioritization. And together, if we establish this sense of normalcy, these standards mm-hmm. that people can get to in different ways, in their own individualistic ways, mm-hmm. but we have these healthy role models, we have healthy relationships prioritized and normalized for us to set as a goal. If we get that in society, mm-hmm. we become more unified across the genders, which is something mm-hmm. that I feel like generally we agree on. We need a unified population. I don't think it should we be need a debate. men and women together. Anybody who says any different is wrong. It's simply wrong. We need I think men it's and an women objective. together. You're 100 percent right. And uh, you go, go go ahead go ahead. And I'll, I'll wrap up my thought quickly so we can wrap up this. That's episode, okay. But we need men and women together, and traditionalism I think is mm-hmm. how we get there the quickest way. And I think we're gonna have to bend traditional gender roles so that. You know, we don't have men taking advantage of it in the same way, mm-hmm. so women are kept home. But we need to keep some of them because they provided good structure, they provided good value to society. And so that's why it's important to discuss right. this. And I think um, we thank the people who pushed us to talk about femininity because mm-hmm. we need to talk about both because both sides are part of the problem mm-hmm. and both sides are part of the solution. Exactly. And the solution is easy. a great way easy. to put it. The solution <clears throat> is easy. Um I don't think anything we said in the episode today even really is controversial. I think it's something that a large part mm-hmm. of the population agrees upon, and we need to push back against whether it's the media, whether it's people who want to prioritize the wrong things, we need to push mm-hmm. back. And we need to say, you know, yes, there are bad things about gender roles. Yes, there's bad things about traditionalism. But on average, in general, mm-hmm. it was good. It was good for society. And mm-hmm. so we need to find those good aspects, and we need to prioritize them right. through role models and examples of healthy relationships, healthy families, and healthy traditional masculine men, healthy mm-hmm. traditionally feminine women. Well, and you're saying exactly right. You said that like on average it was better, and that's exactly that's exactly why you need a conservative ideology because it tells you what was, but it's also why it proves why you need um, more of like a a liberal ideology, progressive, progressive ideology, where you're you're looking about what can we change because, like you just said, there's clearly faults in a traditional system. But on average, and because there are faults, that's why you need this more progressive perspective and ideology to push for something new and for change. But you need both so you can have the beneficial dialogue between both that'll help you get somewhere and kind of get to a point that is better than you were before, but also includes, like you have to look at history to understand how to better create a future, right? Traditionally, we understand that there were faults, but we also understand that there there were many benefits and many, many, there was a much healthier family dynamic. Um, and so, like you said, I don't think anything that we said was controversial because we are acknowledging that men and women are equal. There's absolutely no debate. And, you know, traditionally, we don't, we're not saying, oh, we should go back to when women couldn't drive or women couldn't vote. Obviously, we're not saying that. We're really pushing for the family part, the priori- prioritizing the traditional family dynamic and it is a very simple solution, but because we've kind of strayed so far away, it's going to be a complex system of how to get back and how to kind of, I guess, revert where we've came and go back, but also create new change and how to make a more stable traditional system as well. Um, I just think it's very important that you know we both emphasize this all the time, that we can't have men without women and we can't have women without men. We build each other up. It's not men versus women, even though it's portrayed to be. We really need the men and the women to sit down and have a civil conversation and talk about this so we can get somewhere. And so I think as we wrap up, that's why it's important that 
not only do we have this discussion on our podcast, but within your personal life, challenge people, push people to have these discussions because, you know, this isn't really a political discussion. This is a philosophical, this mm-hmm. is a societal question. And it's one that needs to be asked and one that needs to be addressed. And you may disagree with us. You may agree with us 100%. Whatever your perspective is, go out there and push it. Like, mm-hmm. go out there and have those discussions because we don't grow if we only have the Andrew Tates, the Jordan Petersons of the world. We don't grow if we have, you know, these feminists who hate who hate men, mm-hmm. who want to, you know, kill all men. We don't make progress if those are the only voices in our community, if those are the voices that people look at and get their ideas from. We make progress when everybody has an idea, everybody pushes mm-hmm. it, and we have healthy dialogue. And so right. today has been a healthy dialogue, but I encourage you to extend that dialogue mm-hmm. to your own personal life. And with that being said, this has been episode 16 of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. I've been your co-host, Ren. And I'm your co-host, Mateo. We and will we, see you next time. And we thank you always for listening.